Hi, this is Tim Malcolm, one of the hosts of Hall of Songs, the podcast that tries to determine the greatest rock and roll songs of all time by creating a fictional Hall of Fame. And that's between myself and co-host Chris Jones. This is our intro episode, which we recorded right before our first main episode. The idea of this is if this is live and you're getting us before our first episode actually drops, you get to understand what we're doing. But also if you are coming in at any point later on and you want to understand what we're actually talking about in episode, say, 13, why we're doing this whole podcast and what it's about, you can go back to this intro episode and just get a quick primer on what this is about. It's about 20 minutes. It's a quick sort of discussion about what our premise is and where we came from and where the idea came from. And I hope you enjoy it. If you have any more questions about the podcast, you can always get in touch with us over social media. Even if you don't have questions, please get in touch. We are on Twitter at Hall of Songs. We're on Instagram at Hall of Songs. We're also at Facebook.com slash Hall of Songs. And if you want to email us, we are at Hall of Songs Pod at gmail.com. That's Hall of Songs, H A L L O F S O N G S Pod, P O D at gmail.com. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening. We hope you continue to listen to us because without you, this podcast can't do much more. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Hall of Songs. I am Tim Malcolm. And I am Chris Jones. So welcome aboard. We're so excited for you to be here. Our hope on this podcast, as this will be the intro podcast, so that when you get into our podcast for the first time, you can go back to this and listen to it and say, okay, this is what they're going for. This is the premise. This is what they're doing. A quick 20-minute uh, intro to kind of give you a sense of what we're trying to do on this podcast. What we're doing is creating a Hall of Fame for rock and roll songs. I'm excited, Chris. Are you excited? I am very excited. Uh, I know this was your idea. As soon as you told me about it, I was absolutely thrilled to take part in this and thrilled to discuss some of these songs. And because this was your brainchild, why don't you tell us what inspired you and what we're going to be doing here? Okay, thank you. Um, so this goes back like a year or so, at least. I've always, well, even before that, I've always been interested in lists of the greatest songs of all time. Rolling Stone, of course, has done their list a couple of times now. Pitchfork, other people have done lists ranking decades, ranking all time, whatever. And it always seemed to me, at least on the all time lists, that there was a greater emphasis put on songs from the 1960s and the 1970s, especially the area between say 64 and like 77. And really from 65, 66 to 73, there's a sweet spot there. And I always felt, why the hell don't songs from the 80s, the 90s get equal weight on these lists? How come a song like, and this is the song that kind of prompted this for me, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. How come a song like that doesn't get talked about in the same vein as a song like She Loves You? I mean, maybe it shouldn't. I don't know. But that's what we're here to do. We're here to try to figure out what the greatest songs are, but also try to give equal weight to songs that maybe haven't been given that equal weight in the past. 
I agree, and I think that's a great point. And uh, one thing that I've noticed in these lists of the best songs is that there tends to be basically an echo chamber where the same songs end up at the top of everyone's list, no matter who's doing it, no matter what type of radio station or what type of publication is doing it, the same types of songs tend to be up there. And I think that's because people have been told so many times that these songs are great, that they feel like they have to believe that these songs are great. So even if there is you know, voting from the public, people tend to go and vote for these songs that they've been told are so great. And uh, I recently, in a radio poll, voted for Everybody Wants to Rule the World as my number one favorite song of all time. Yes. So we're certainly in, uh, we certainly agree on that one. But I think that, you know, in doing that, in that exercise in my head, I found myself getting that same poll. I'm sort of sitting there looking at these lists and I'm seeing these, you know, 10, 20, 25 songs that show up on everybody's list. And they're always up at the top of those. And I think that, so what we're going to try to do here is take half a step back and try to go through a lot of songs. Uh, we're going to talk about how we're going to approach these songs, but I hope that our approach will let us, you know, hear some of these songs in a new way and actually approach this a little bit differently, not just running through the same list that everybody's run through, you know, 10 times a year. I should, I should let the listeners know that uh, I swear to God, we'll talk about how we got into this ourselves and who we are, but I didn't know Chris on uh, like a regular level before we started doing this, like Twitter friends and all that. But I like, I did not know that he was a big fan of everybody wants to rule the world really before this kind of started. So yes, we're two middle-aged white guys uh, and we're married and we have kids. We're kind of similar in a lot of ways, but um, you know, I swear we'll not be like, each other's like same we're not an echo chamber like the two of us we're, we're we're gonna bounce off each other a little bit there are things that he likes that i don't like there are things that i like that i'm sure he doesn't like um so it'll it'll get it'll get interesting in that we sense. promise to disagree let's talk about actually what this, how we're going to do this, how this podcast is going to work. So this is the intro episode. Once this is done and this will go up and then we'll come back with our first full episode, which will be on the year 1951. So the podcast will be a year by year podcast. We're going to start in 51 because that's how we feel is like sort of where rock and roll kind of formed into a kind of proverbial mass of sorts, like a, like a, like a, like some sort of a mutant or something like, Oh, the rock and roll is kind of a form. Now it's, it's a thing. So we're going to start in 51. Each episode will be the next year forward, 52, 53, 54. In each episode, we are going to present up to 12 songs that we feel are all worthy of the, the hall of songs. And it's going to be hard for us to get down to that 12 in a lot of these years, but what we hope is that the 12 that we present on each show are the most representative of that year in a couple of different factors. And we'll talk about those factors in a second. So we'll present the songs. We'll talk about them briefly. We'll give our thoughts on them. And then we will hand over the voting to you. After every episode, we are going to ask you to vote for your hall of fame ballot. And then you submit them. We will also vote as well. And then we will come back to you maybe a week later and give you the results on what the songs from that year are in the Hall of Fame. Now, this is also going to be in Baseball Hall of Fame sort of method, and we'll talk about that in a second. 
Right, exactly. And just like the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, it, it took a little bit of time to get things up and running. So when the Baseball Hall of Fame was created, they had some, uh, they had several back years to to deal with. That created a lot of headaches. Uh, but so we're not going to have to, we're not going to have all those headaches, but we are going to sort of start out with a similar uh, tactic where we're going to talk about 1951. We're going to talk about uh, 52, 53, all the way through 1955 before we have some voting. So I think that'll help uh, everybody sort of, you know, think through some songs, uh, think about what they're going to be looking for in these songs as they go to vote. Um, and it'll give us a, a little bit more of a comparison before people actually have to come and, uh, you know, start making their decisions and see what's going to get inducted. Yeah, so the 51 episode, 52, 53, 54 episodes will not have voting at the end. 55, we will start the voting. And then what's going to happen is when we have an episode and when we then turn over the ballot to you, you'll see a ballot in 1955 that'll have all the 55 songs and then all the songs from the other episodes that are on the ballot as well. And you'll vote for the ones that you think are hall worthy. And then what's going to happen is like the National Baseball Hall of Fame, each year, there's going to be a new set of songs that make the ballot, but then there might also be other songs that are coming back onto the ballot from the year previous. And the way that works is in the voting, if a song achieves, I think the number we're kind of standing on right now is 15%. If a song achieves 15% of the votes, it will stay on the ballot into the next year. If a song gets under 15% support, it will be kicked off the ballot a song can only be on the ballot for 10 years. So if it languishes on the ballot around 30%, 35%, 20% for 10 years, and then never gets to the actual level of getting hall worthy, then it'll be kicked off for good 10 years and you're done. On the other side, if a song achieves 75% of the overall vote, and I think that's the number we're landing on, we might go to 70, we might, we're, we're kind of working that out still also. But if it achieves that sort of high watermark level of percentage of votes, it gets into the Hall of Fame. If it doesn't, it stays on the ballot in the next year and it keeps going like that. So essentially what you would see is when we're voting in like 1972, we would have songs from 72, 71, maybe 70, maybe 69, maybe 68, 67, 66, 65, 64, 63. The songs that are from 63 if they don't achieve that high watermark and get into the Hall of Fame in that last year of eligibility, they're gone, just like the Baseball Hall of Fame. So we're trying to give that weight to songs that are more modern and more recent while still allowing those songs from the past that are still eligible a chance to get in. And I think what that hopefully will do is sort of, it'll A, weed out the songs that maybe weren't worthy to begin with, and it'll be maybe help some songs get support along the way because in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Players get support by staying on the ballot for a longer time. Maybe with more time on the ballot here on our show, people will get behind them and maybe some, maybe by chance, a song that we didn't consider a hall worthy song actually makes it in after a couple turns on the ballot. If that sounds like a lot of math, uh, don't worry about it because let's be honest, really, <laughs> the whole reason why we're here is to listen to a lot of good music. So get off your act, let's do some math, mad, 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 mad. So I guess if you want to talk about, Chris, uh, just sort of your thoughts on like what makes a great rock and roll song, why exactly, you know, what makes these songs the top of what they are? 
Well, it's been so much fun just in it's starting to think through the early years of this. And we've gone through, we've made playlists, we've started to discuss, go back and forth about some of the songs that we think are going to make the cut for our early episodes. And it's it's so much fun, especially in those early years, just to hear how things could change so quickly. But it, it it's like just I could get lost in the playlist alone. It's so, uh, and, you know, I wish I could put more into words exactly what I'm looking for, but it's really everything, right? It's, you know, does the song have a great melody? Do you want to stand up and sing along to it? Do you want to dance to it? Uh, do you get, are the lyrics great? Not always the most clever. I mean, I think you can have some early rock and roll songs that have very repetitive lyrics, but at the same time, they just hit the spot and they're perfect for what you want to listen to. I mean, man, uh, there, there, there are tons of Paul McCartney songs from his solo career that have banal lyrics, but they're still great songs, okay? <laughs> And, you know, and even in some of the early years, it gets you to thinking about, like, what even is a rock and roll song? And, you know, we're going to have to make some decisions as we go through this. We've started to discuss some of these things already. But, you know, we're 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 trying to create the, the rock and roll hall of songs. We're not going to try to cover everything that's ever been recorded. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we're starting in 1951. We're not going to deal with uh, we're not going to deal with sort of jazz standards, uh, classics uh, in to be clear, when we're making some of these decisions, we are not at all disparaging any of that music. We are, you know, this there is stuff that is absolutely terrific. We might mention some of it as we're talking about these years, even if we're not, you know, putting it up for induction in the Rock and Roll Hall of Songs, uh, because we just have to draw the line someplace. We are going to talk a little bit about one of my uh, sort of pet passions, which is country music. Uh, I, it is my personal belief that there's a lot of country music that strongly influences rock and roll and continues to today. Uh, we're going to focus on a couple of those songs, especially in some of the early years. Um, but we, we do have to draw the line someplace. And if you think we're drawing the, long at the, the line at the wrong place, please feel free to yell at us. Tell us what we're missing. That'll help make us think. That'll make us think as we go forward. So the parameters for the Hall of Songs is going to be three things for each song we're considering this as we kind of put these on the ballot on the nominee list does a song have popularity so when we're talking about popularity we're talking about was it a billboard hit was it a chart hit uh even in the uk you know did it have uh, some sort of a following was it a hit at its time of release right the next one is impact does a song have that immediate impact that seems to be like this is a song that defines an era, a year, a feeling, a moment? Is it a song that stays with people for a few years? It is, is it a song that stays with people beyond a few years? Impact is about how that song sort of stays with you in the context of rock and roll, right? The third one is influence. Is the song an influential one? Is it one that other bands go back and say, this song was a big song for us. This song was one that we've listened to a lot as we kind of came up with this idea or whatever. Or is it a song that was the first song that sort of defined the genre or was it a song that sort of defines the genre by itself so i guess one example that might come up later on is september girls by big star i'm a huge big star fan um hopefully we'll get to talk about them as we get into the 70s great power pop group with a really tragic story but september girls is this amazing beautiful like awesome pop song and it wasn't popular and that's part of the big star story is that they just didn't get that sort of popularity. They didn't get on the charts because they had bad distribution and whatever else, bad marketing. But September Girls is this amazing song that 15 years down the line, bands like R.E.M. and the Pixies were like, this song influenced us 
on a really high level, this particular song. And so we have to consider that as part of the nominee list. Like, does it have that influence? Does it have the impact? Does it have the popularity? Does it have to have all three? Can have even one of those things if it's really, really high. But we try to look for at least two of those uh, three being considered for a song to be on this list for the hall. I think that's what one thing that's a real advantage for us in doing this and the, the way that we're doing it is jumping back to 1951 and going from there is that we're going to be able to say, does this song still have staying power? And we're going to be able to sort of take a look at that, at songs both in both in comparison to other songs from the same year, but also because we're going to be thinking through what comes next, we're going to be able to sort of feel out that influence. So, you know, I too love Big Star, but and always joke that Big Star was mentioned more times in Rolling Stone by uh, people citing them as an influence than they were actually written up by Rolling Stone. <laughs> they, uh, um, but the songs like that, that it's like when we hear it, we're going to be, we'll be hearing it, we'll be trying to take a look we'll be we'll know what comes next we'll know what songs like that influenced um but also in in sort of taking that with like it, we can look at that both in connection and uh and as sort of a, a standalone thing like it doesn't have to be songs necessarily charted at the time One other thing, in addition to sort of the parameters we've been talking about, limiting this to, you know, what we're calling rock and roll songs is trying to define just what a song is for these purposes. Um, you know, I, I think I, we were talking earlier and I could say I could be pedantic and say that technically a song has to have lyrics. I think in going forward, we may consider some uh, instrumental tracks, um, but also how we're going to address, we're going to talk about covers, we're going to talk about live versions and things like that. I think, you know, what we're, where we're coming out is that there are some songs that are so, that are made so famous by live versions that that's going to be a factor, but that what we're really looking for is that song itself. So, you know, the one that pops in to my head first is I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick. I would guarantee that there are many people who know every word to that song and have never actually heard the studio version of that song. They've only heard the live at Budokan version. And I think that if we're discussing that song, that live version has to come into play and it has to be one of the things that is a factor about, is that song great? Does that song sort of you know, meet the criteria? Um, but it's not going to be a separate, you know, a separate sort of standalone song. That just goes into this sort of the overall analysis. But also, like, we're going to think about cover songs in a way of every performance is its own performance. So, uh, you know, to the to, there's going to be some songs that we talk about, particularly we I've already seen it in some of these early years where you take a look at a song and I have maybe very rarely heard the original version of the song. And I think, you know, it will sort of talk about that. Does that mean that that version of the song is, you know, not quite up to the par that it needs to be to get into the Hall of Songs? Um, and maybe we'll wait and that song will get inducted when, you know, when we hear a cover version a few years later. But at the same time, I do think that the fact that so many people, that people cover songs, that people turn something into something else, uh, it is a sign that that song was really a terrific song from the start. We 
we should probably tell people who the hell we are because we haven't really done that yet. Uh, I guess, Chris, if you want to go first, just give your bona fides as to why you're qualified to create a hall of songs. I certainly am not qualified to create the hall of songs, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to trying. Uh, I, I will say I was raised on MTV and Top 40 radio. I uh, watched basically every video for about a 10 year period from 1981 to 1991. I used to record uh, the top 40 twice per weekend because there were slight variations between the, the billboard version and I'm not even sure who published the other version just to make sure I had all of those songs on tape so I could listen to them nonstop the next week, for the next week. I also was raised on oldies tapes uh, that my dad took from old 45s with some with him and some of his friends. A lot of these songs we're going to be talking about in 53, 54. My first exposure to them was in the car on beat up old tapes because they had been, you know, recorded from a 45 and thrown into the car stereo. So I have been listening to this type of music my entire life. It, there's nothing I like doing more than listening to this music and talking about this kind of music. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and like I said earlier, I've had so much fun just digging into this playlist already. And it gets me you know, so excited to, to talk about these songs and to you know, share my feelings about these songs with other people. So I'm, uh, I guess, a couple years younger than Chris. I am you know, also raised on MTV, raised on Top 40 music. But my dad is a bass player. And from very early on, music was just all the time in the house and so from him i got an appreciation for jazz but also kind of like cool rock and roll and and it, i mean he was a big deadhead he is a big steely dan fan so like i got all that 70s dad stuff from him and um actually didn't really affect me until later on in life when i was younger i didn't like that music so much maybe because it was so ubiquitous in the house but then as an adult i was like oh my god wait steely dan's the best okay um, so there's that part of it. My mom was always listening to really pop radio, like Taylor Dane and stuff like that rock set. So that kind of informed a love of that kind of music for me. So I love all kinds of music. Honestly, I've always tried to explore and tried to understand all kinds of music, never trying to be biased toward anything or against anything, except for one band that maybe we'll talk about later on. And uh, Chris, you probably know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention the name right now. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but nonetheless, we would disagree. Agree, and that was that may be uh, one of our points of contention. Let's put yeah, it that we, way. We can't start that thread now. We'll get into that angle later, and, and it'll be an explosive one, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, you know, I'm really excited because this has been in my idea bank for a long time, and I just adore talking about music and all kinds of music and trying to figure out like what makes a great song and why things are so popular and you know is this song really better than this one? I don't know, but like, this is what this is all about. Just like appreciating music at its very core, sharing our love and passion for music when it comes to any kind of sound that we hear. Like, this is what we're here for, just to talk about that. Uh, anything else that I may have missed and we have may have missed before we kind of let go here on this intro? I don't think so. Thank you for including me. Thanks for sharing your ideas. And uh, for everyone out there listening, make sure you, uh, you know, dig in in 1951 and uh, check back in a couple weeks. Yeah. And if you're hearing this after that episode or after any other episode, just, you know, like go back from the beginning or catch up with us whenever. And this is just a good way for you to kind of understand what we're coming from and what we're doing. Uh, we should mention our feeds. I think we have them now. Uh, so we have an email address, right? We do. It is hallofsongspod at gmail.com. Then we have a Twitter. Hall of songs at hall of songs. 
Instagram. Also Hall of Songs. Facebook? Where Facebook page should be launching soon, but you'll be able to find it at Hall of Songs. Okay. And if you're hearing this later on, then it, hopefully it would have launched and hopefully it's up and we haven't stopped this podcast, but uh, hopefully, the, hopefully we can do this all the way up until the end. And this would be amazing if we get to like the 2000s, that would be really incredible. Um, well, Chris, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see you around, I guess, on the feeds. Follow us, uh, listen to us, Hall of Songs. I'm Tim. I'm Chris. Check you out next time.